ídolo. again everybody and welcome back to another edition of the grap up our once in a while pro wrestling podcast from your friends at link to the cast.eu i'm dave ryan your tour guide through the strange strange world uh that is the graps and i am joined on the line not by mark this time uh who's off having a midlife crisis but i am joined by our usual cast of characters uh in jack lazell jack how are you I'm good, mate. I'm happy to dig in on that midlife crisis if uh, things get a bit boring later on in the podcast. <laughs> and we're also joined by Barry Murphy. Barry, how are you? Not too bad. Grappy February, everyone. Indeed, yes. Like a very grappy that. new year it's been. Um, we just got done with a very hectic weekend of wrestling. Uh, the big One of the big four, the Royal Rumble, has just taken place. But before we get into all that, uh, we'll just go around the, the, the table here and see like uh, what kind of stuff outside of the, the, the Fed, the New York Territory, have you guys been, been keeping up with? We'll go to Barry first. Uh, well, I... I kind of cancelled a lot of my subscription services at the end of last year i kept uh ott although they have not had a they've not had a, a main show yet first ones this weekend so i haven't seen any any of them for a while uh, i renewed my wxw subscription because obviously myself and yourself dave we are heading to uh oberhausen in march oh, which yes. is which is fast very quickly approaching uh, i'm very yeah. excited if any burglars have ever wanted to to rob houses in Ireland, it's a very good <laughs> chance coming up because about half the fucking country is going over to Oberhausen for sixteen cars. Yes, it is. Go- it's going to be ridiculous. I think the official count is at like twenty five. Uh, <laughs> ju- ju- just, just, just within our kind of usual Twitter circle, it is ridiculous. It is genuinely most of the Irish people I interact with on Twitter are going. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, so I renewed that. I, I, I kind of dip in and out of WXW, uh, so I kind of picked it back up there uh, for the 17th anniversary show, which was a few days before New Year's Eve 2017. Uh, and that was a really great show with an absolutely fantastic main event. Uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Bad Bones, uh, no disqualification match. Really tremendous stuff. Uh, uh, really, really great match. Strong, kind of late match of the year contender. Uh, and I've been watching Shotgun TV. Uh, obviously, you know, my, my goal is to keep up with the uh, with the developments and the storylines leading into 16 Carat because I don't want to be in the lurch. Uh, yeah, and that's thoroughly enjoyable. It's really easy to watch. The production is really slick. Uh, they got, you know, their picture-in-picture replay. They got their subtitles for the English versions. They got... Uh, the great video packages, the, the the great sound editing. It's a really fantastically put together uh, uh, weekly show. Uh, that's a solid recommendation. It really is. In, in all, of all the uh, of the all these services uh, that you can you can subscribe to these days, WXW now they have a weekly show and usually you know, a monthly you know quote unquote pay per view for lack of a better term you know a ten pole event. Um, 
which I have not seen yet for this month. I know they had the big cage match for January. Uh, I have not seen that yet. I'm actually a few weeks behind on my on my shotgun. But they have that. They have English versions of everything. They have kind of uh, roundtables and they have compilations of, of people who've been there, you know, through the years. Really good stuff. So I've been watching a bit of that. And also as the Royal Rumble rolled around, I decided to just I just poke my head into my my. my gmail promotions folder just to see if wwe did send me any of those kind of famed begging letters that they send people offering them three months here and there for for uh, coming back and i i did in fact have one so i renewed my wwe network subscription for for the price of one month they gave me three which means for 12.99 i got the rumble and everything up to and including wrestlemania uh, so I don't know how they make money on this fucking service. I really don't. Um, they just seem to be throwing the months away. But uh, I, I got that, and so I kind of toe-dipped here and there. Uh, I watched the Johnny Gargano Velveteen Dream match from NXT TV. Oh, that was very uh, good. Which was really, really good, yeah. Uh, another strong uh, Velveteen performance. And I also watched, I never really watched 205 Live. I just have zero time for it. But I did watch the Cedric Alexander uh, Mustafa Ali match from last week, mm-hmm. uh, which was really, really, really great. Uh, I, one of those matches just makes you think these guys should be like on Raw in like the real mid card divisions, not the not this weird segregated thing where they can only wrestle each other. Um, like I really think, I really think the match I most want in WWE right now would probably be like Roman Reigns versus Mustafa Ali. Uh, you know, put those guys in like an IC title feud. You know what I mean? Like that would be really yeah. fantastic. Um, but yeah, he's, that was great. he's like the um, the kind of the him and Oni Larkin are the two like underrated workhorses in that company. Like just consistently going out and having bangers. Um, that no one's watching <laughs> unfortunately yeah unfortunately um so yeah that's that's what i've been watching not a whole lot lately at the moment yeah. not watching a whole lot of wrestling i still i haven't seen anything from uh uh wrestle kingdom yet i know i probably should but i haven't seen any of that stuff yet uh, i know there was two great new japan shows over rumble or the, a couple of days before the rumble which i also haven't gotten to so yeah i'm a, I'm a bit behind but I'm, I'm only watching small amounts of the wrestling at the moment um jack what about you yes mate um so i have watched the aforementioned uh new japan wrestle kingdom i actually happened to have flu on that day so i wasn't feeling particularly great but i cheered myself up by watching that and thoroughly enjoyed it thought it was awesome thought jericho and omega kind of stole the show which is a shock for me even though the uh okada naito match was very very good uh as was the Kind of felt like I I didn't want to. I I felt like I didn't want to write on Twitter because I watched Wrestle Kingdom as well. Well, the back half of Wrestle Kingdom, and immediately after finishing it, I felt like I was going to get jumped on if I said that I thought Omega Jericho was better. But then, like in the days that followed, it turns out that I wasn't alone in that at all. Yeah, it's kind of like you're sort of selling out to the mainstream. Um, over an indie band or something like that, isn't it? If you're saying yeah. that Jericho, because yeah. it's not like a a legit New Japan guy, no. But I, yeah, that match was fantastic, and they they both did a really good job on it. And then they like, you know, because kayfabe is dead and all that, they kind of broke the whole thing down on Chris Jericho's podcast, which was also very interesting to listen to. Um, back end of last year, I went to see Rev Pro at um, Bethnal Green, which was cool. Uh, 
kind of sort of done with the Bullet Club live because um, they Ugh, kind of sort of buried CCK. They um they they just they they did the same the first time they showed up in in Dublin, um but the the second time it was more just that they took about an hour and a half of my life that I'll never get back. Yeah, pretty much. Um, elsewhere on that show, David Starr is like he's a heel in the um, cruiserweight division in in Rev Pro, which is. I, I don't know if you guys have access to Repro or whatever, but just watching some of David Starr's heel, and I say heel in inverted commas, work because everyone fucking loves David Starr. He's like shouting at the yeah. crowd trying to get him to hate him, but it, no one's believing any of it. So the guy that does the ring announcing in Bethnal Green's kind of this sort of tough-hewn, cockney-voiced guy, and he just introduced him as his, like, oh, this is David Starr, you know, didn't do any of his intros. So David Starr came into the ring, um, shouts at the guy for a good minute and then sits down on his, like, haunches in the middle of the ring and then introduces himself to what I think he thought might be <laughs> heat, but everybody just went absolutely crazy. Uh, and they did a cool thing yeah. when they had a young guy <laughs> called Curtis Chapman win the um, cruiserweight title. So I'd be interested to see... Because they're actually doing at the next big Rev Pro show, going to do David Starr versus Curtis Chapman. I keep an eye out for that because the five weight match they have for the cruiserweight title is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I was listening to the the Brit Rest Roundtable. Shout out to the lads, uh, and they were talking about how in 2017 it was weird that like in Rev Pro the quality of the matches has dipped a little, but the quality of the storytelling has gone through the roof, and the exact inverse has been happening in Progress, where Progress has had like one of their best years with in ring stuff on a consistent basis, but one of their worst years in terms of coherent storytelling. So it's just interesting to see that kind of flip reverse happening in on the Brit Rest scene at the moment. Excellent segue, mate, because the last thing I was going to bring up is Progress. I went to Progress Chapter 62, they're up to now, at uh, the ballroom just a few days ago, and there were some really great matches. We had a great opener with Chris Ridgway and Amari, who are both going to be huge guys this year, I think. Um, There was a just a hilarious three-way match between Zack Sabre Jr., Chris Brooks, and Trent Seven. Just such an odd combination of guys to start with but the sort of running theme of the match is that Trent was going to go and be in the Royal Rumble so he was trying to do everything quickly because he had a plane to catch uh, <laughs> and obviously it didn't work out for him in the end but yeah that was great and um, Zack Sabre Jr's new theme tune by the way is absolutely fantastic it's uh, by a band called Idols the song's called Mother and it features the line, the best way to scare a Tory is to read and get rich, which is perfect for the whole Zach Labour Jr. gimmick. <laughs> uh, and yeah, there's a weird thing. So you talked about a story for a sec there, Dave. There's a weird thing going on with like Chris Brooks interrupted the title match, um, which was Travis Banks versus TK Cooper, which kind of ruined the match because I was really enjoying it before that. So he kind of interfered and sort of put TK off and I don't know if they're trying to start a feud between those two but like Chris um, Travis Banks sorry was kind of like not sure what to do and it all felt a bit awkward and they're also doing a kind of clunky thing where um, Flash Morgan Webster is being helped out by Vicky Haskins and being called Bumblebee for 
I literally have no idea what the fuck's going on there. But forget all of that, because the last match on the show was Water versus Timothy Thatcher. And by God, if it isn't one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life, then I don't know what. These two beat the fucking piss out of each other for like, it must have been 20 minutes. They just hammered each other. And it was one of those matches where there wasn't really much that happened outside the ring. There wasn't really any crazy spots everything they did was just pure wrestling and they had everyone just eating out the palm of their hand just in awe even little spots like thatcher trying to get water up for a suplex and then water just like shooting over and like pressing him and and trying for a near fall and oh they just the chops and the strikes and the elbows and it, it was amazing it's it's one of those matches where you can't really explain how amazing it is just by saying it you kind of have to watch it and i haven't had a tension like that in the ballroom watching a match for for a really really long time it was everyone was just completely encapsulated and yeah that's high quality professional wrestling guys you should check it out uh i'm gonna take the tone of the conversation down quite considerably because uh, over the last couple of days and i do this periodically because i have a love of you know really good wrestling but i have a love of kind of really cringeworthy stuff as well sometimes so there's kind of when you look at the original content on the uh the, the wwe network it's a real fucking minefield let me tell you yeah. um there's there's stuff that's so bad you can't enjoy it i call that the holy foley tier yeah um but then there's stuff that's like right in the middle that's like because there's there's good stuff as well i enjoy a lot of the discussions that take place on on table for three even if a lot of them are kind of very contrived uh i still enjoy some of the uh, there's always entertainment to be had from kind of old vets telling weird stories from the road but the two i watched last night and made mark watch because that's what i like to do um i i watched some of the uh some of, of wwe ride along which is one of the real more scattershot in terms of quality shows that they put out yeah um it's just it's kind of like they, they they're doing a road trip between kind of like the pay-per-view and tv the following night and it's kind of either random collections of people which is kind of when it doesn't turn out so good or people who actually genuinely are friends and you get some stories and, and some jokes and stuff like that as well um so i watched a couple of those last night uh particular highlights include uh kevin owens and Sami Zayn, and just uh kevin leaning hard into how annoying Sami Zayn is uh <laughs> on the road that that was good times uh and then just uh the, the other highlight was uh <laughs> rusev and lana <laughs> Uh, driving together like any anytime you got Rusev on a program it's automatically a highlight obviously but um, the two of them driving along and they kind of do these games sometimes on the show to pass the time so they do this thing called the Matchka game which is kind of just the match game where uh, you know she answers the question she writes down on a piece of paper he has to try guess what her answer was and uh, she um she's one of the questions is what's the weirdest place we've made whoopee and he kind of just like <laughs> completely dead panzer and went what you mean sex <laughs> and then uh she, she had written down a bed and he got horribly upset because apparently this one time they made whoopee in a car and he thought he did real good and she completely <laughs> forgot about it so he got really upset about that uh, but then Poor she's trying to explain to him he's like so whoopee means sex and she says yeah kinda and he goes wait so you mean whoopee goldberg her name is sex goldberg <laughs> Fair question. 
Yeah, so just like weird, dumb stuff like that. Like the, the Usos are in a car with Naomi and the Usos are just incredibly entertaining men. Um, the less scripted they are, the better. Um, Gamers and Anderson, did you watch, watch that episode? I haven't watched that one. Well, I've watched two of them. They've done three of them. Uh, I've, I've watched two of them. Uh, and yeah, they're pretty great as well. Um, but then I went on to watch uh, the what is the new kind of talked about what they're doing over on Facebook. Watch this mixed match challenge, which is like a, an intergender tag team tournament that, that they've been doing. And guys, it's it, it's kind of great. Uh, I don't know. Have have any have either of you kind of seen any of the promos or the actual matches from this show? Only the Alexa and Braun uh, Strowman stuff. I've watched stuff. the promos. Yeah, the, so the, the promos are one thing because they've like <laughs> it's kind of one of the things where, like I said, when it's on Ride Along, it's it's weird when you put together two people that don't have that much chemistry. But I think half the comedy on this tournament has come from the weird array of teams they've put together um so they have so far we've seen alexa bliss and braun Strowman, sasha banks and finn balor um who else have we had carmella and big e are very very entertaining together and miz and asuka as well uh, those are on the two episodes I've watched all those teams have been on. And yeah, the, some of the promos are really, really fucking surreal. Uh, I love as well Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch, who I haven't seen have their match yet, but I've seen all their promos. Oh, their promos have been fantastic. Uh, it, 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 like, I love it, the kind of subtle Arrested Development skit that was Sami Zayn in disguise asking her to be <laughs> oh, yeah. his partner in a very Jean Parmesan moment. And apparently, I think it was Robert or somebody was saying it to her, like she legitimately had no clue it was him until he took off his disguise, <laughs> which is great stuff. Uh, and then she, when they, they they must have lost their match in the Mixed Match Challenge this week and they did a post-match promo where they were just ruining, you know, the, the loss. And he says a line in there burying the local bakery that made a cake for Becky's birthday. And he says it in such a way that Becky corpses so much, like just completely completely breaks down laughing in the middle of this promo while trying to hold it together. It was like something out of a PWG show, you know, like those those backstage promos, like the Brian Danielson, Paul London one, where like Brian Danielson just walks off the screen. He's laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, that's what it kind of reminded me of. And then like the vibe of the show, it's only 20 minutes long, so that really helps. It's very like a real, real bite-sized thing, but it's got a real kind of Saturday morning slam sort of vibe about it. Like it's just kind of, here's a match, here's some fun, uh, like Corey's doing some good comedy uh, on commentary. Uh, it, like I said, the interactions in the, the pre-match promos are great. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a great like... Um, Miz trying to speak Japanese uh, while talking with Asuka and then pretending he's interpreting Japanese for her to the crowd. Um, the the Braun Alexa stuff has been weird. Like there's a there's a great promo went up. I it wasn't on the show uh, that I saw, but it was on YouTube and stuff yesterday, where like uh, <laughs> they're kind of flirting with each other. It's it's really fucking weird. But yeah, it's uh, that's so that's the kind of stuff I've been watching because I'm a nightmare person. Um, but we'll we'll move on now to to more serious business, and that's NXT and the Royal Rumble from this weekend. I, I think through the room first. I think this was a, an absolutely fantastic weekend of wrestling. What do you guys think, uh, Jack? Yeah, mate. I thought it was it was really really good, and um, 
I don't even know if I could say this normally with a takeover, but I may have enjoyed the Rumble show more than I enjoyed takeover. Mm, uh, with one notable exception, I think I, I, I might agree with you. Uh, Barry, uh, what was your thought on the, the weekend as a whole before we do a bit of a dive here? Uh, so I, I only uh, watched two matches from TakeOver and I watched all of the Rumble. Um, I don't know. Um, I thought it was a really fantastic weekend. I thought the Rumble was a big success. I thought TakeOver was, was a big success. Um, I think there's a lot of questions coming out of, kind of which is probably good. Um, more so on the main roster side of things. I mean, some WrestleMania stuff has started to take shape, and some of it I feel like is still very in question. But as far as the the bell to bell went, I mean, it was a really fantastic weekend of wrestling. Obviously, um, mm. I'm not sure which one I preferred. Um, that Rumble show was pretty long. Yeah, uh, the the takeover format, especially the last like four or five, where they had where they've just embraced this thing of like it's two hours and it's like four or five matches and and everything gets all the breathing time it needs everything gets entrances it's post-match stuff it's you know perfect amount of in-ring time i mean yeah i i probably prefer the 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 takeover show even not having watched all of it um but i do think it's it's pretty good for wwe that for once it's not this huge um disparity of of quality yeah um they they have a a a really really solid weekend of shows here. Absolutely. Well, we go uh, straight into take over here, and it opened. Uh, I was kind of surprised that it opened with the tag title match. Um, that was undisputed era. Uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly defeating the authors of Pain. Uh, I thought this was a really good little match. I don't think it was you know at the level of say the the DIY revival feud, which is a really high bar to set for a tag team division. Uh, but I thought this was really cool. Uh, it told a really interesting story and one that makes a lot of sense. Where um, Akam and Rezar are these big fucking dudes that are going to hit you a lot. So the the wily mixed mark martial arts dudes uh fish and o'reilly started wearing away the limbs uh taking their vertical base away from them um and i I think the match was kind of paced perfectly it was 15 minutes long it it didn't outstay its welcome and uh i was kind of a little bit surprised here that um they 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 retained the title um i i just i i don't know i don't know why i just i i thought that maybe aop because they're kind of the most push team the division would be put into that uh spot to have the titles coming into wrestlemania but hey i, I love fish and o'reilly so there uh, was this one of the matches you saw barry or uh no so the two i saw were the extreme rules match in the main event okay cool well uh jack what did you think of this one yeah, I thought it was a good match. Fish and O'Reilly are obviously really great, and Authors of Pain, I wasn't too sure about them necessarily as a babyface team, but it's hard to not appreciate some of the big power move stuff that they do and just the mm. sort of raw brutality that they can bring about in some yeah. of their matches. Uh, I thought that the finish was quite clever as well. Like, there's no way Fish and O'Reilly are really going to find some way to beat them or hit them with a move if it's like a non-gimmick match. So it was kind of like there was a mistake and a roll-up, and I think it sets up a, a good rematch at some point, which could well be 
the farewell for authors of pain potentially going up to the main roster maybe do we think yeah, you'd, you'd have to think yeah that's the, they'd be one of the ones earmarked for wrestlemania post wrestlemania appearance on smackdown or some such they're uh they've yeah. definitely come along a long long way uh since they they debuted um it'd just be interesting to see when they come up to the main roster if paul ellering comes with them if he'd be willing to go on the road with them every week um because they certainly uh, they haven't spoken <laughs> so it, it's hard to see like they, they would need some sort of mouthpiece for them but whether paul ellering would be willing to tr- do all that travel with them uh that remains to be seen uh the next match was velveteen dream defeating cassius ono you knew that's kind of cassius ono's role now is to be the guy who gets beaten by guys who are on the way up on the guard um this was kind of a this divided opinion on on twitter this match i think this match started really strong the crowd was kind of already a little bit tired at the start of this match um and they they got them into it really early on with the dream had cut a promo early uh, on the pre-show saying that he was going to knock out cassius ono in 30 seconds or less and 30 like pretty much 30 seconds on the button the crowd were counting along he catches cassius ono on the jaw with a punch and he completely plants onto the ground feigning that he was knocked out um uh, and that was a great spot. The crowd lit up for that. And then when Chris here, and I never thought I'd see it as long as I lived when Chris hero got up and threw an elbow, then at dream dream is that rare athlete who has managed to get Cassius Ono to be a heel in Philly. So that's that, that was a pretty big achievement there because they, they love themselves and Cassius Ono. Um, the, the match I thought was fine. It wasn't the, the level of Dream, Alistair Black, uh, and it kind of got a bit sloppy towards the end and fell apart. There was a couple of spots where there was some miscommunication. The first time Dream tried the rolling Death Valley driver that he does to set up his elbow, he just dropped Cash's Oh no, they ended up in a heap on top of each other. Um, but, you know, I think overall Dream needs that experience of being on a big live show and having a match not go quite to plan. He's still only 22, so it, what he's done so far is quite amazing. His star is still on the rise and, and everyone loves him. Uh, Jack, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to that elbow that he hit him with when uh, Chris Hero gets up and just levels him. Like he's he sells it so great, like he's really not expecting him to get up again and just bam, right in the back of the head. Classic Chris Hero. And I loved his gear. Like I loved his Rocky Balboa style Velveteen Dream esque gear that he had on. I just think Yeah, with it's Dream impossible. over on us. Yeah, exactly. It's impossible to hate that guy if he's wearing that in the in the city of Philadelphia. It was a shame it kinda of lost I was going to say it was a kind of shame that it lost a bit of the steam towards the end. Uh, I, mm. I do think maybe it felt a bit rushed. Like maybe they only gave him 10 minutes because I think the match was only about 10 minutes long. And they yeah, sort of 10 like, minutes oh, 45. We, yeah, we need to go home now kind of thing. And the elbow wasn't mm. great, which isn't necessarily true for Velveteen because he's got a brilliant elbow drop normally. And it, they kind of zoomed right in on Hero and he sort of, shrugged over to try and get him to land on him so yeah it, it could have ended better but i like the storytelling of the match i thought it was good yeah also a small shout out for uh during dream's entrance he had uh there was uh he had groupies almost there was a girl there who guided him over to his gum shield was laid out on a lovely fancy 
velvet cushion that was being held by uh, none other than Chikara's own uh, Blaster McMassive. Oh, really? Station Corporation, which was like, (laughs) I was sitting there watching, what the shit is this? Uh, So yeah, that's a kind of worthwhile moment from that. Um, Moving on to the the women's division, successfully defended against Shayna Baszler. Um, I didn't really like this match. Um, Like, I like... I like Ember a lot more than some people. Um, I, I think she's really good. Her, she had this kind of great chemistry with Asuka during their matches, where even more so than usual in Asuka matches, it felt like they were having a fucking fight at times, as opposed to a match. Um, Shayna, obviously, is still learning. She's not that experienced, uh, and I don't think they had really good chemistry together I thought there was uh, the, the finish of the match that was uh, an armbar spot that seemed to go on for eternity uh, clever that like if it hadn't gone on for eternity the, the finish is actually clever where in the middle of the armbar spot Ember summons the the strength to roll her up and get the pin uh, but overall, I, I wasn't a huge fan of this match, even if I did appreciate the, the story of Ember's arm being shattered throughout the course of it. Yeah, it's hard to add much more to that because I kind of felt the same way. I like Shayna Baszler's look and, and gimmick. I think it's cool, but they just spent a bit too much time maybe on that elbow sort of arm hold that she was trying to get and they were like rolling around forever like it it genuinely felt like watching a UFC fight but one of the more boring ones that just kind of stays on the ground and and the crowd kind of flips off for a little bit and yeah not great but not bad either moving on now to uh, an extreme rules match Alistair Black defeating Adam Cole um Barry we'll get you to talk it's been a while Uh, yeah so what, what did you think of this one I thought it was really fantastic, and Adam Cole is someone who I haven't really been into for quite a while. I remember when he was first kind of starting to blow up in sort of 2011, 2012, I thought he was great. And just, I don't think he's really necessarily brought the goods in a lot of high-profile single matches ever since, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah. the one area he always delivers, weirdly enough, and it's not, a, it's not a context you hear his name brought up a lot, but I think he's a great plunder wrestler i think he always has great brawls i think he's like creative i think he comes up with some cool stuff uh and i think he's willing to to take some brutal spots i think he's willing to to really put himself out there as we saw in this match i mean things like the the um uh, the the back-to-back chairs getting laid out on those crazy son of a bitch (laughs) yeah and they they didn't give at all i mean they just sat there and took it he took Um, a death valley driver he took on us Something like that, or a Yoshi Garashi, as as Maro would say, um, something something of that effect. But yeah, it was really brutal, and 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 there was a couple of other really creative spots, and and Black was right there with him. I mean, I just I think I've talked on this last time we did the show, or maybe I haven't. I can't remember when the last time we did it was. But I mean, Alistair Black. I've got more time for Alistair Black now than I did, at, you know, for Tommy End as a as an indie star. I think his presentation in WWE has just been flawless. And I think this was a, this was an important part of his um, any character's development in WWE is kind of proving that he can fight, and, you know, be in a brawl, and and it, it did feel like a fight in a brawl. It didn't feel like they were having a a, a silly wrestling match with with a bunch of coordinated spots. Um, it was really fantastic. I, I I really really enjoyed it, and and the uh, the Alistair Black train rolls on, um, and I really can't wait to see what they do with the guy next. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I I have this feeling and this deep hope within that he's going for the the title on WrestleMania weekend. But we we shall see. Uh, Jack, what did you think of this this crazy brawl? Yeah, it was really compelling, really great fight. I wasn't expecting Alistair to win. Funnily enough, I, I thought, especially after they put mm. over the undisputed era against Authors of Pain earlier in the evening, I thought maybe this was going to be kind of like their big statement pay per view. Uh, but yeah. I think <laughs> I much prefer Alistair Black to stay sort of unpinned and undefeated in, in matches like that. Uh, shout out to the spot where he looked like he was going to fly through the ropes and drop kick Adam Cole, but then just backflipped off the second rope and sat down in the middle of the ring and just looked at him in his pose. <laughs> and I thought Adam Cole just sold it great with like utter indignation of like, what? what fuck you what are you doing and he didn't want to get back in the ring that was great yeah the spine thing was horrible um i'm thinking that they maybe not necessarily botch it but go for a bit more of a softer landing on the body of a chair rather than just going spine first into the chair yeah were they hoping that the chairs would separate (laughs) and they just did not they didn't like like barry said they just didn't budge um, I I also really love the the double foot stomp through the announce table, which is something I, I don't think I've seen before. Oh, that was, oh, that was to, so yeah. cool! That was crazy. I don't think um, they have ever done that before. Anyone, and I was shocked at how easily the table gave way there as well when they did that. It was brilliant. Yeah, uh, I think by far uh, Barry was indicated uh, Adam Cole's best showing uh, since he's he's been in NXT. I think he's in this weird spot where. I think they want him as the kind of the, the, the main event heel champion at some point, but the, the top of the card is so cluttered at the moment. Firstly, what they were doing with Johnny Gargano, and secondly, like uh, the, the fact that Almas is proving time and time again that he should have the belt as long as he's alive. Um, so it's kind of, I think he's there in waiting and he's going to take some losses until it's time to, to push him as a, a singles main eventer. Um, but another big loss for him here. I think it was a case of Barry. You, I, I think you were involved in the chat with me and a few of the lads who they were all kind of convinced that this was Adam Cole's win because he just he's been getting beaten like a drum so far. Uh, I, I don't know. I actually wasn't watching live, so I, I wasn't chatting with you guys. But I, I did see your messages. I was kind of surprised. I mean, I, I know you know that conventional WWE booking wisdom would say that, but I don't know I I don't see them beating Black. I see I I, I see. In their eyes, I think he's their their male Oscar. Yeah, I I think I, I if I were to guess, I would say he he probably gets the title over WrestleMania weekend, um, and they maybe build to a program with him and Adam Cole for the title, and then Almas moves on uh, to a deserved spot uh, on the main card. Uh, but yeah, Alistair Black is really really special. He just has this aura about him. Um, the presentation like you said Barry and then he's just he's one of these guys who like the presentation really matches how much he's able to back it up in the ring because you know someone like uh, Ember has Ember Moon has this really cool like werewolf presentation and then she gets in the ring and she's just like you know a wrestler and when she does promos she just seems like a really nice woman you know it just doesn't there, there's something missing there whereas like Alistair Black he doesn't really speak that often he comes out to this cool as fuck Nosferatu entrance and then he kicks the face off you um he's been perfectly handled so far uh the one thing I will say that kind of damaged his presentation a teeny tiny bit was his appearance on the pre-show to collect an award where he just shows up in a flannel shirt 
and accept his award it was kind of weird i want yeah. him if he if he's showing up in normal clothing i want to either like obviously in his merch because that's what they do uh, or like in a black suit with a black shirt looking like satan himself yeah. uh, made flesh that's the only way he should be presented not like he's just come off like a, a battle of the bands with his new grunge band <laughs> <laughs> by the way how you great know. was the finish of this match like it's such a throwback to the old school WC, sorry, not WCW, the throwback to the old school ECW spot of like someone gets thrown a chair and then gets kicked right in the face, like a Van Daminator style thing, but with the black yeah. mask kick. I thought that was a nice little nod and a wink at ECW. It's cool. And that blast ma- black mask kick is so fucking good. Like he hits it on the button pretty much every single time. It looks so good. It's not like, you know, super kicks where half of the time it, it completely misses. It looks like a decapitation every single time. And, you know, like people often say, it's one of those perfect finishing moves where you can surprise a crowd by hitting that kick from absolutely anywhere. Um, so, yeah, Alistair Black, we, we are big fans on the show. Uh, the main event for the NXT t- championship was a work of art uh, as Andrade Cien Almas defended uh, against Johnny Gargano uh, the greatest baby face that had ever lived um, where do I even start with this match um, I- I'll throw it to you very quickly but even just NXT are able to routinely do a thing that WWE main card uh, pay-per-views find tough doing sometimes is that every single takeover event uh the main event sorry uh has this kind of big fight feel um and this was definitely it like just the small touches with the the entrances i fucking loved andrade's uh la sombra entrance with the mariachi band uh disappointed to find out that tomaso champa wasn't one of the mariachi band (laughs) like everyone on twitter was begging for the mariachi band to sit down ringside and just Tommaso to stand up and take off the mask um just yeah coming out on the la sombra mask the kind of like mexican flag themed gear he seemed like such a fucking big deal uh and and he is and then johnny gargano coming out like we know he's he's a massive nerd as well as a a cool guy He, he comes out in the the star lord themed johnny gargano jacket uh um, family there at ringside so you could probably predict a doom they had been showing his family all night hanging out with him so you knew it probably wasn't going to go well and then they started wrestling and it was a fucking sight to behold Barry it was indeed it was so it was so perfect on like every level like you know early on like the, the entrances were so spectacular and they took their time i, I kind of i said i wasn't watching live so i kind of looked at the the time left on the video when i when i uh when i was watching this back on the video on demand and i was like wow this match is going long and it it earned every second of it it didn't feel overly long they were working super hard as well it was not any kind of easy going take it easy for the first half match you know gargano doing that big uh, uh flip off the apron splatting on the floor was just brutal um but they were they were uh they were really busting busting their asses and and uh almas i mean he's such a 180 from uh oh my god from where he was when I mean, he's this floundering baby face uh he'd kind of turned the corner by the time uh he and gargano faced each other that wasn't that long ago on, on his ascent um but going further back than that i mean when he his first couple of months were just so rough yeah uh, to the point, the, you know, I the think the hat, he, the suspenders, and all that. Yeah, dumb and, 
and, and they, to the point people were kind of wondering like oh god is this going to be another kind of flop of an import star you know you know another mexican yeah. failure of theirs you know after del rio and sin cara and all sorts of stuff uh, but he got it together they they gave him uh they attended that as a, as a manager and she's fantastic uh, every, every, and and obviously, I mean, he's always been a tremendous wrestler, you know. So the so the the actual wrestling in this match, as 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 was most of the wrestling in the matches when he was underperforming, the matches were still okay. It's just that he was not clicking as a as a character. But he yeah. was he was so out of this world in this match. And and Gargano is like, I think Gargano might end up being like a real one of a generation performer in terms of just how likable and believable he is as a babyface. Yeah, well, I think someone someone said uh, on Twitter over the weekend like he is genuine the most sympathetic and brilliant baby face since in that company since Daniel Bryan uh, and it, it's it's yeah. hard to argue that fact and like probably like you said the, the best of his generation at doing that uh, certainly in North America anyway um, this match actually speaking of like going long we got a great fact from uh, our friend Zig shout out to Zig this was the longest non-gimmick singles match on a WWE show since Roxena 2 um, really? Yeah, standing at thirty-two and a half minutes. Uh, so that was that was an incredible stat because that match, uh, in some ways, feels like it was still going on. Roxena too. Jack, what did what do you think of this? This just masterpiece. I thought it was yeah amazing. I thought the psychology of it was brilliant. I think like all the way through the match, they gradually had everyone's like the, each other's moves scouted. So like they were both kind of looking out for the uh, for the finishes at certain points, and there were some really good sort of escapes. They they sort of the thing I appreciated about this was that it was just too really really good wrestlers having a good wrestling match like yes there's a heel face dynamic to it but it felt like there were both guys at the top of their game just absolutely going for it and i loved it i mean yeah we had the interventions from from selena towards the end of the match as things were getting a little bit more desperate and then candace coming over the rails and taking her out oh yeah Oh, that's one of the yeah. pops of the whole the night. Fucking, Maybe even the, the whole weekend. The pop was incredible. Yeah, I just it thought was... that was class, and and the fact that they're not sort of trying to hide and cover that Johnny and and, and Candace are, are married was pretty cool because it gave that realistic edge to it. Like, yeah, if she saw her guy getting screwed over repeatedly and she thought she could handle herself, why not go take care of shit? You know, uh, yeah, Johnny is just. <sighs> He's so, so good, and he's such an unremarkable kind of guy to look at, but it is the Daniel Bryan thing all over again. Although I do think this is one for you, Dave. Currently, with the beard combination with his hair, I think he looks a little bit like Sergio Aguero. He does a bit, yeah. He also looks uh, weirdly like my brother-in-law a bit, which is kind of strange. <laughs> That's a bit more of a um, left-field reference for everyone there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a bit more niche. Um, yeah, this this match, like, it, it was one of those matches as well where it was, like, completely, perfectly built. Like, you know, sometimes with these overly long matches, um, you get kind of, there's a build, there's a build. There is the logic point at which they probably should go home because the crowd is at a fever pitch. 15 minutes even sometimes too long. But this just kept getting better and better and like uh, and you're like okay now Candace is coming in now Candace is coming in uh, they also subvert the expectation because I think anybody with two working eyes before this match started knew Tommaso Ciampa was showing up at some point and yeah. I like I would have put my house on him being involved in 
than the finish. So every time like Gargano had the Gargano escape in or look like he was going to win and the camera would be just in that correct position where you can't see anyone run down the ramp. I'm just like, okay, this is it. This is it. And it just kept going. And it, it never happened to the point where like some of the near falls for uh, Gargano, I, I was buying completely. I was like, oh my God, they're actually going to put the belt on him. Um, so they completely got me in that respect. Um, and yeah, it just uh, the perfect finish. Some of the like some really really cool spots in, in the match. Uh, I really loved Almas doing his uh, his double knees into the outside of the ring post when uh, Gargano was slumped up against it, and Gargano yeah. selling like he was fucking dead. I love that that hammerlock DDT. I wasn't necessarily sold on it at first, but I think like the speed that he's able. to to kind of sit and the the kind of the he hits it with, I, I really enjoy that finish. Um, I I love the kind of like rest the WrestleMania style, like he kicked out of the hammerlock DDT. I think that was also a huge huge reaction from the crowd because I think everyone went okay. Distraction from Zelina Vega, she hit the Rana, he threw him in, hit the hammerlock DDT, and kicked out a two point nine. Everyone went absolutely berserk at that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, it, and then and there then, was yeah, a good the, the post- escape after that where I thought they're gonna him over because he was in that forever and the crowd was at fever pitch for that last Gargano escape before he got to the ropes yeah oh absolutely it was absolutely fantastic and then in the post match uh, Gargano is kind of helped up by Candice they're, they're leaving the, the dreaded credit screen comes up at the end and all of a sudden he gets cracked in the spine with a crutch so hard that his back started bleeding falls down Champa just stares him down and slowly walks off it's exactly what you should like it's exactly what they needed to do and then that closing shot that they got a perfect photo of uh, on WWE.com of Candace holding Johnny's prone body whilst kind yes. of like being in between her and uh, Champa like it really legitimately like people were making the joke but it was like a fucking renaissance painting <laughs> yeah. you know with him just sprawled out and then the, the last thing you hear as the thing fades to black is her saying oh god your back is bleeding it was oh my god it was so perfect and now I think my most anticipated match of Wrestlemania weekend is Gargano Champa yeah uh, it's oh so good so good uh, let's move on to the, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view now and I don't know how the two of you feel on this but I'm thinking that we only really do a deep dive into the two rumbles here because a lot uh, a lot of what was happening outside the two rumbles was pretty unremarkable. So I'll, I'll kind of shoot around and we go uh, if, if anybody's got some highlights to point out from the, the rest of the card. Uh, Barry, anything? Hang on. Hang, on. hang on. Hang on. We're not, you're telling me we're not spending 40 minutes talking about Brock Lesnar punching Braun Strowman in the head. <laughs> oh, oh, that was going to be one of the highlights, my friend. That's, tell us, that was tell the best thing happened. on this whole... Best thing on this whole show, right? The, the, I never thought I'd give a match with Kane five stars, but, but <laughs> let me tell you about how I'm doing it right now. I don't know what it is about Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar, but they just don't seem to like each other, or rather, Brock doesn't like working with extremely green people. Because, like, a few minutes into this match, Brock is on all fours, you know, after doing something that, you know, Brock related, throwing someone around or whatever. He's getting back to his feet, and Strowman just, like, walks up and just knees him right in the side of the head. And Brock. <laughs> Quick as a hiccup. Necessary. Just yeah, I don't know if he just doesn't know his own strength or what, but and then Brock just quick as a hiccup, back up on his feet, one two punch, gets Strowman right in the gut, which causes him to hunch over, and then just a straight jab into the side of his head. Oh, it was great. And then just every exchange they had after that looked completely awkward. Brock just 
giving uh, Braun the least cooperative German suplex ever. Oh, well, that match was fun for all the wrong reasons, but I enjoyed it. Um, but other he, than that, he I'm, rocked I'm down him. With, with Skip. He, he rocked him, and he socked him. He rocked him with that yeah, shot. Was... It, was, it was on his chin, and he just sort of crumbled forward like he wasn't really sure what was happening. Like, that, that wasn't selling. That was 100%. You've just been punched by one of the hardest fuckers on the planet, and you're going down, mate. Yeah. Um, I, I, any other kind of non-Rumble highlights for you, Jack? Um, I actually liked on the pre-show uh, Gallows and Anderson versus The Revival because that's four dudes that I mm-hmm. like even though they all look very similar to most people, I'm sure. Um, they had a pretty <laughs> solid match. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they definitely did. Uh, uh, AJ I, I was a brilliant did... babyface in peril, by the way, in, in, in his match against Owens and Zayn. Even though it's kind of more about the story of it than necessarily the outcome of the match, it was never going to be like a classic as it would be if it was just like a straight three-way or just maybe AJ or... AJ and Sammy or AJ and Owens but I thought he played his part brilliantly in that match and come off looking like a million bucks like he always does yeah um I think that a lot of the rest of the card was uh kind of unremarkable the um the the two tag title matches were kind of forgettable um the, boy, the Bobby oh, Roode boy, Mojo Rawley for- match Rollins Jordan Sheamus and Cesaro oh my god that spot was death like you could hear the really, really creaks was. of the ring, like the little tiny noises <laughs> in the ring as you hit the mat that you can't really hear unless you're sort of alone in a warehouse somewhere learning to wrestle. Oh, that was brutal. Uh, I think before we get into trouble, my my other highlight was just the performance off uh, the performance out of the ring of one Kevin Owens that night. Uh, his pre-show social media lounge segment with Sammy, where the two of them just spent five minutes burying Twitter and talking over Renee. Uh, yeah. was fantastic uh, slagging off one Peter Rosenberg enemy of the wrestling um, yes. <laughs> and then the other the the post match where they're talking to Shane and they're like oh this is bullshit you know I, I, uh, Sammy wasn't the legal man um, did you see it and Shane goes yep and he walks off screen and they cut they, the most perfect edit I've ever seen Kevin Dunn do they cut Kevin Owens off mid screen Scream! <laughs> yeah. I, I was dead. It was, <laughs> it was just fucking. Ah! The comic timing was impeccable. Uh, we move on now to the actual Royal Rumble matches, uh, and we, we, we'll take the men's Rumble first. Don't know how we even attack a review of a whole Rumble match that went for a fucking hour and five minutes. Uh, um, but it was won by Shinsuke Nakamura in the end, uh, as kind of a, a lot of people had hoped. And I thought, Barry, that this was one of the best men's Rumbles in maybe four or five years. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, certainly. And I, I kind of was thinking to myself after it ended, I was like, wow, maybe, was that maybe one of the best ever? And then after now, it's been about almost a week, I kind of think, no, it hasn't, because I, I don't know that I've necessarily come away with a ton of memories from it, uh, whereas I did from the Women's Rumble, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, but certainly compared to the last few years where, um, you know, we've they've gone in the wrong directions creatively, which has caused the crowd to turn on them. There's been, uh, so, there's been some years where they were 
super light on cameos uh, and surprises, which is always disappointing. And then there's been certain years where maybe they've had too much of that stuff and not enough like real workers, not enough good action. This I feel had um, lots of nice little stories, uh, lots of lots of good action, lots of um, uh, you know solid performances. Rusev in there for an extended period of time doing well. They had the Heat Slater stuff early on, which was great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Really, really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed the payoff with him eliminating Sheamus. That was really fun. Um, and it's not like, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt Sheamus really to, to do a spot like that. Um, Balor in there for a long time. I thought the, the, the final eight where they deliberately drew attention to the fact of, oh, hey, it's the past generation versus the present generation with Orton, Ray, and Cena versus Nakamura, Finn, and Reigns. That was cool. And what was really depressing to me was someone on Twitter phrased it as 2018 versus 2008. And I was like, Oh God, that was 10 years ago. And and Oh God, there are definitely kids watching who look at the 2008 guys as the old guards. Obviously, I mean, age aside, everyone was making that joke, but, but because obviously Nakamura is like fucking 45 or some shit, you know, (laughs) Um, and, and Finn as well is right there with him. Obviously they are there in, in, Literal age they are, but you know, in, in in the eyes of most WWE fans, they're new acts. That's that's what really matters. That was cool. I thought the final four was great. You know, Finn was in there for so long and he made it all that time. Uh, that was a nice touch. And I thought the final two uh, was good. It wasn't up there with like Undertaker, Sean, or anything like that. But it was a solid final two, and the crowd investment was there. And part of me just deep down in my gut wanted Roman to toss Shinsuke Nakamura and win. Yeah. Um, I think I think that was the watch the world burn option. Like, oh, yeah. Have they learned their lesson? Will they make him win the Rumble in Philly again? Oh, that would have been so wonderful. That would have been so <laughs> wonderful. But uh, I guess they saw since. And it, it, it was, to be fair, it's rare that this happens, but it came down to the two guys I would have said were, were kind of the obvious kind of picks. Uh, which is great, which ma- which made it extra heated because I feel because it felt like either guy could win. I did feel like there was a slight chance Roman could win, especially since it wasn't main eventing. It was like, okay, well, since they're not closing the show, they can have a shit. They can have the fans shit on this because they'll get over it in a few moments. So yeah, but uh, it was it was really great. And Nakamura, you know, Nakamura hasn't done a whole lot for me in WWE, but he, but the crowd liked it, which is kind of the main thing. They were into it, and uh, and yeah, it was fun. And they were way into his announcement of of AJ Styles after the fact. Yeah. So. Uh, so this, in terms of like reading the crowd and not being combative against your own audience, this was like the best thing they've they've done at the Rumble um, in in some time. Absolutely, Jack, you are a huge fan of the Royal Rumble as a match type. What were your thoughts on this year's installment of the Men's Rumble? It has to be up there with like one of my favorites. Actually, I thought it was really really good. Like the actual quality of the wrestling in it was was really really great. Like everybody coming in. Um, Barry's covered up of like a lot of the more serious parts. Some of the things that I enjoyed that were kind of on the lighter side were Hurricane being in it, got a massive, massive <laughs> pop and came out and did a few poses and eventually got chucked over the top rope fairly quickly, which which tried, was tried to choke slam. John. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I kind of wanted John Cena to go up for that, but that's the gimmick, isn't it? That he never really gets anyone up for that choke slam. Um, I thought Kofi's spot this year was good. Every time they find a new thing to do with Kofi, and the fact that he landed with one foot on uh, on woods and then had feet on a pancake was pretty great. 
uh, and that was a very amusing, like, New Day-based spot. Um, I think it's pretty cool that they had Almas, uh, Adam Cole in there. That I think if Gargano had walked in, I mean, obviously, they want to show that he's injured, but I think that crowd might just have blown the roof off if Gargano had come out at that point, as opposed to I saying mean, Cole. I, I nearly blew the roof off my house just seeing Almas come out. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was super, super into Almas. Not as much into Cole, but oh my god, like Gargano coming out would have would have torn the place to the ground. And then maybe they could have done another spot where Champa comes in and and fucks him, which could have been pretty cool. Like if in a, a spot where everyone's kind of down and he's you know all right and everything's going well for him, and then yeah, Champa just comes in and cracks him over the back of the head with a crutch again and knocks him out of the rumble. But, you know, they've already done their storytelling the previous night. And number one of the, the things... The, the NXT guys, I, I thought that this year they did right by them. And I thought that, well, Cole didn't do a whole lot. But I thought uh, Almas was in there for a while. He looked good. You know, he, 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 he had a decent performance that maybe people watching the Rumble who didn't watch NXT would, would maybe take notice of him. Whereas in past years, they've had like, like, like Rusev's first WWE appearance was in a was in nothing. And he was in there... For, for a few minutes and then he was out um and i feel like that's so pointless you know uh whereas this year like the guys got in and they did something cool likewise ember uh had a, in, in the a cool moment um uh, that, that gave fans a little something to latch on to so so that was solid I, I was glad that they were a bit more productive with their time on this one yeah uh also appreciated heavily uh uh the um the, the coast-to-coast performance from uh, Finn and Banner and some of the, the payoffs of NXT stuff that they had in there, like uh, Finn facing off with Shinsuke, you know, that that, that kind of stuff uh, really kind of paid off for, for watchers of that continuity. But continue on, Jack. I was just going to say, my biggest pop by far was for Mysterio. Uh, I thought, yeah. considering what happened to him the last time he was in a Royal Rumble where he was essentially jobbed <laughs> out into 30th in a death spot where no one wanted to see him and everyone wanted to see Daniel Bryan and they booed probably the greatest cruiserweight worker of like the last 20, 25 years and in Rey Mysterio I was I felt so awful for him but he came back here and that music starting up is just such a great song for like building up the energy of the crowd and everything and he came out and my god everybody in that arena was going absolutely nuts including me I, I stood up off my bed when I was watching it when I ah, just so excited to see Ray and he looked in great shape he was moving yeah. better it was a real positive thing because you kind of worry when the older guys come out sometimes especially given Mysterio's knee issues whether or not he can live up to it but yeah he was brilliant like the double 619 spot was awesome and yeah it was it was so cool to see him back in the WWE ring again Um, b- before we move on uh, from the men's rumble to the women's rumble uh, just one little piece of like the following day uh, uh, one of my favorite bits of wrestling continuity um, Adam Cole posting a picture of how he had a great weekend uh, you know both for uh, NXT and appearing in the rumble and continuing one of the greatest running gimmicks in wrestling that is Chuck Taylor and Excalibur Adam Cole as being overweight uh, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Taylor tweeted hey Excalibur you see this fat piece of shit trying to cover up his gut with that DDP belly tape Excalibur <laughs> saying that that's the type of injury that occurs only when you've eaten a three tier wedding cake by yourself in one sitting uh, <laughs> 
So that that continues to be one of my favorite running stories in professional wrestling. But yeah, it was a really good rumble. Um, like I said, coast to coast performance from Phil Balor. I, I enjoyed uh, a lot of the things you were talking about. The Heat Slater gimmick. Whoever came up with the idea that Heat Slater would just get attacked by everybody coming out and not make it to the ring for ages, and then when he eventually makes it to the ring, knocking out Sheamus. Um, they they aren't being paid enough for the quality of that idea. Um. Also, really enjoyed the um, the the line from uh, was it yeah it was Corey on commentary saying that uh, when he was alerted that Seamus was eliminated on his own birthday, uh, being stunned to learn that Seamus's birthday was on Rusev Day. Um, <laughs> enjoyed yeah, Philly were ready for Rusev to win the Rumble, and so was I. Sadly, he he didn't make it. Um, yeah, the heat stuff was good. Finn was good. Uh, they had a couple of really cool face-offs in there between people. Like I said, the, the Finn and Nakamura thing. The generational face-off in some ways as well, uh, as Barry was talking about, was really cool. I just thought top to bottom, this was a very well-booked rumble. And it, the, the final two, as Barry said, they're the ones you expected. And I thought it coming down to that final two, if it had come down to Cena and Nakamura, everyone would have been like, okay, well, we know Nakamura is winning now. But, but Roman is the one that if you put him in a final two, even if you didn't think he was going to win before, or you just have this suspicion in the back of your head that he will. Um, so it, it just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I said to you, Dave, Rumble, I didn't know I wanted to, the to see Reigns versus Nakamura so bad. But when they started yeah. wrestling, I was like, I really want to fucking see a match of this. Like, uh, I'd just love to see him given 20 minutes just to see what they can do. And by the way, the pop for Nakamura, like you know, slowly taking his gum shield out, getting his face closer and closer to the mic, and then AJ Styles, and everyone went insane when he chose AJ, because I don't think a single person in that building would have cared if he'd picked Brock, but that (laughs) special moment. Yeah, because, uh, Jack, we've seen that. At, uh, that Brock Nakamura match one time before many years ago and it was terrible um, whereas AJ Nakamura the last time we saw that was not very terrible it was very great um, but yeah let's move on to the, the history making event of the Royal Rumble main eventing the Royal Rumble um, the, the inaugural women's uh, rumble um, and uh, again, it's it's kind of tough to see where we start from here. So kind of we'll just go around the table um, with different impressions. And I think this was the first uh, the first half of uh, a very strong weekend performance wise, uh, largely from one Sasha Banks, who I thought she went nearly the distance in this whole rumble as kind of like just a, the, the steady hand to be in here all the time, even when in the in the middle there were some people that weren't so great. Uh, coming into the ring but yeah she went nearly the whole distance pretty good performance in the rumble and then yeah we, we might talk at the end of it the second half of her in, in her weekend but uh, we get some thoughts on the, the women's rumble here uh, and, and then separately we'll talk about what happens afterwards Jack what did you think of the, the first women's rumble as a whole I thought it was really good I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it had the right blend of sort of newer people to the roster and the old people <laughs> that sounds horrible the older um female wrestlers who by the way all still looked in amazing shape like they really kept themselves like fit and like raring to go for this and th- that sort of mixture of old and new had that twofold purpose of 
given these women an opportunity to all be in a Royal Rumble, which they totally earned for, for the years of service that they given to the company. But it also kept the energy of the matchup. Like you said, Dave, there was kind of a few sort of deader spots in the match but I feel like every maybe second or third entrant was someone from the past that everyone remembered and that just kind of shot the energy back into the crowd so they balanced the entrance for getting people excited really really well I thought and um, it was a master stroke to start off the match with uh, Becky Lynch and, and Sasha Banks and keep them in for the majority and I did say to you as well like what is it with uh, them putting the Irish people in second in both rumbles and leaving them in for ages that, that was like a nice little uh, link up between <laughs> Becky Lynch and Finn Balor I thought it was quite cool definitely was a uh, just to hit on your note there about the kind of women coming back i i thought trish looked like she hadn't lost a step i thought she was very good when when she came into the ring uh i uh also really enjoyed uh, holy hell molly holly hitting the molly go round on sasha banks like you know maybe the smallest girl out of the all 30 um fair play uh but she was still able to go for that uh yeah some great moments with some of the the women's wrestlers from the past showing up uh the beth phoenix nia jacks face off was, was cool um yeah but a bunch of different stuff I'll, I'll come back in again at the end barry what did you think of this rumble i really liked it um i thought they had more kind of memorable moments and little stories in it in the men's mm. one and then most of the recent men's ones I just off the top of my head you had Trish and Sasha squaring off which was cool um, yeah, Sasha yeah, I, I kind of want minutes. that match I, I kind of want that match <laughs> I was watching this and there was a couple of people where I'm like I kind of wish this person was back in the, in the fold um, Trish was one of them uh, Beth Phoenix was one of them um Beth squared off with Nia at one point. That was again very cool. Just it was it was really tantalizing in, in a way that the that um, the men's rumbles for the last few years haven't been. It's very much been the legends age with the career and tease you with the idea of oh could you build a match or or oh you bet you never thought you'd see this. It was like yeah this is really cool you know. So you had Nia and you had um. Uh, you had Ember and Asuka have their little moment, which was which was a very nice touch as well. You had Sasha, which uh, I think I got the impression that this was like something she absolutely wanted and deserved as the name for what fifty five. Um, just so many different things going on, and I, I thought as well what was nice about it. Obviously, you had your kind of legendary female workers in there, Lita to a certain extent maybe I wouldn't call her legendary but you know notable for being a really great worker but you even had like Tori Wilson and, and Kelly Kelly in there and and I think it was cool that they got their moment because even though they weren't like that good obviously they were still kind of done wrong by the company in, in a lot of regards because they never had a chance to succeed the way yeah. Sasha Banks and, and Becky Lynch have and obviously look when a push comes to shove those girls are better I mean, it doesn't matter what era you put them in there; they were going to be better. But um, uh, you know, your Tory Wilsons and Al—it's not—they didn't even have a chance. And and I liked that this this Rumble had a real feel-good feeling about it. It felt like everyone everyone looked great. Everyone from a different eras got to got to show up. Uh, we got to see past and present lineup. Everyone got a little moment. It was almost like we were seeing it through the years of of the women's division. And this 
this more so than any WrestleMania match they might do. I feel like this match felt like more of a celebration of the progress they've made uh, and doing right by some of the the people they maybe had misgivings about in the past along the way. I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. It was one of the rare WWE matches that sincerely felt like it was special and memorable and history making and not just something that they you know they said was was all that stuff you know mm. uh yeah i i think for one of the very like one of the very first times it felt like i know they've tried to do a contrived sense of it before but it felt like there was a genuine sense of history watching this match to the women's division that for most of the time we've been watching wrestling our, our lives just hasn't been there uh, they've tried to ignore it uh, as much as possible but yeah it felt like this more so than a lot of like the first money in the bank the first hell in the cell women's match things like that this this felt like a genuine milestone in the, in the history of the division and that was fantastic Fantastic, and even though like there was the, the kind of um, the, the the older and and kind of uh, le- more rough around the edges, uh, women from the past were involved around here. I, there wasn't a huge amount of like oh god, you know, blown spots or anything like that. The only one I can recall is Lita nearly killing herself on a moonsault, nearly oh killing her and and god. Sasha. She nearly jumped onto her own head uh, and watching it back again, you can see as she goes up for it, there's a moment where she kind of has to psych herself up because she's pretty sure it's not going to go great. And she always kind of did that. She always had a... uh, uh, It was not a Kurt Angle-esque huge vertical upwards leap. She always kind of did that weird angle but this was terrifying. I mean, and she's, she's had neck problems and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, which is rough. Uh, and also, I, I stood and applauded and a single tear ran down my cheek when, when one more time, just like Hogan dropping one more leg, we got, <laughs> we got Kelly, we got Kelly hitting those ropes once more. Yeah. For 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 old time's sake, um, and and leave the memories played in my head. Um, <laughs> oh God, that was horrendous, but I loved it. Uh, we also had uh, a spot from, and I I pop huge and nearly a tear in my eye as well for the return of Vicky Guerrero. Oh yes, who I the felt got completely shafted when they did Raw twenty five and had the the great general managers and no mention was made of Vicky Guerrero and she comes back into the Rumble, uh, huge pop and then huge boos <laughs> from the crowd uh, and gets eliminated safely I lad there was a lot of uh, you know there was a couple of uh, our mates were watching it in the house and we were that like I'm kind of a bit worried about some of these girls taking a spill over the top rope because you know some of them are actually shorter than the top rope so it's a bit yeah. more of a fall for them and then some of them are greener than others uh, so I was kind of worried but no one seemed to take that bad a spill coming out uh no um except and i actually this is probably worth making a mention of so apparently they they were doing rehearsals for this uh match yeah and uh poor alicia fox she uh broke her tailbone i believe which is not not only meant she missed the match but it's like a pretty pretty nasty injury um at that so one it sucks she's injured but and but two it also kind of sucks that she um she missed this match uh, because she's been there for nearly ten years at this stage, so yeah, and she did. That's a real Ro- bummer. Robert was tweeting about it that she was on Lillian's podcast recently and said oh, that she yeah. was really looking forward to the Rumble because she felt her career had been a failure. My heart broke for her when yeah, I saw her. She, she wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I heard some of that, and she, it's pretty, 
that interview was not a mountain of laughs. She was just kind of like, oh, you know, I haven't really done it. Then it was, yeah, it was that was a shame, and and hopefully something else comes her way because because she's definitely those people who hasn't exactly you know she was there through a lot of the shitty years, so she hasn't had a lot of um um uh opportunities come her way. So yeah, I kind of yes. I was kind of on the assumption that um one of the NXT women was presumably put in her spot. Yeah, um, just because it would have to be someone who was already there and with their gear. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Jack, one of the one of the biggest pops of the match as well was uh, Ember Moon uh, coming in and facing down briefly with Asuka. Um, that was a cool little moment again. This was a real show that was just uh, a lot of kind of, you know, acknowledgement that people in this crowd were watching NXT. Yeah, definitely. And she hit the uh, eclipse as well on Asuka, which I thought was really cool. Because uh, she spent ages trying to pin her with that and never, ever got her with that the entire time she was in NXT. So I thought that was like a nice little nod to that, that she finally managed to get her with that move. Yeah, we had uh, um, as well then. So Asuka wins, which I think everyone would agree, fair enough. Uh, and she, the, the champions come into the ring, Alexa and Charlotte, who'd been sitting at ringside the entire time. They come in, they face down with Asuka. She's not sure which way she's going to go. Uh, Barry, do you want to talk about what happened then and the awkwardness that fucking ensued? Yeah, so um, first of all, uh, we had a, an AJ Styles debut moment where some music hits and the wrestlers look to the ramp and the fans react because a name has come up on the on the Titantron, but the camera is just looking at the wrestlers, so that was, that was a weird. Uh, it was in fact Ronda Rousey. She came out and she came to the ramp and she pointed at the ring uh, like Bobby Lashley in TNA a couple of years ago when he did that like two or three times before he wrestled. Um, and then she came down to the ring again, like someone in her first day of acting school. She kind of looked at the people in the ring and then she turned, she hit her mark and she turned on the on the spot and pointed at the sign again, the WrestleMania sign, uh, offered her hand to Asuka who slapped it away, offered her hand to Stephanie for reasons that are not clear to me who shook her <laughs> hand and then got back in the ring again. I think she maybe pointed then. Maybe she didn't point the first time I said it, but she pointed the final time. Anyway, the point is, of all, all the rumored ways and all the speculated ways that she might have shown up, I feel like this was a very flat way to do it. They they achieved one basic goal, which was that she showed up, but I felt like the moment itself was very wooden, and it did not feel natural. It did not feel like something Ronda Rousey, the person, would actually do. It very much felt like she was out there being a WWE superstar, working the hard cam and pointing to the fucking sign like everyone else does. Um, but the crowd ate it up um, more so than the locker room did, it seems. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's your there's your Ronda Rousey in WWE after all these years speculating and all this talk. She's uh, she's yeah. finally there. So yeah, I thought uh, like for the sake of the fact that she had only been training for a couple of months, I thought it probably was best not to throw her in at number thirty, like a lot of people including myself we're starting to think was going to happen um so that from that res- uh, perspective i think that's that's a, that was a good creative decision uh, i like the fact that they kept the joan jet song that was her ufc walkout music that was yes. pretty, that that was bang on that's some uh, brand recognition uh for ronda uh, and it also you know there's a certain thing where i think fans realize that if wwe are paying for licensed music 
uh, they must really, really like you um, and that they must really think big of you. Uh, so, yeah, she comes out. But, yeah, the, the kind of awkward, like, because God bless her, like, she, it's clearly she's living her fucking dream. You know what I mean? So she can't contain her own excitement. Um, the fact that, like, I get that the story afterwards is that it actually, the jacket was Roddy Piper's jacket, but the fact that it was, like, an overly large jacket and she was coming out with a big smiley head on her instead of coming out with the Rhonda, I'm going to tear someone's arm off and bring it home with me walk uh, was a bit weird. And then, yeah, the, the multiple points to the sign uh, was was very strange, uh, as well as the handshaking. She should have, instead of, like, extending hands to anybody, should have just, like, stared down the three of them one by one and maybe pointed at the sign once if she was going to have to point at the sign and then leave. But, yeah, it kind of went on too long and was a, a bit awkward because the, clearly she was in the position to look like a badass, but between the pointing and the fact that she couldn't stop smiling, uh, it didn't really help that get over what did you think of that segment jack yeah it's hard to add a lot more than that but i kind of felt like she was a mixture of uh the moment where undertaker comes out to interrupt triple h a few years ago and they just stare at each other say nothing and then undertaker points at the sign it's that combined with do you remember when jericho came back and didn't say anything for 10 minutes and just had a, a really forced, like, shit-eating grin on his face because he was gradually trying to get everyone to yeah. hate him. And that was when he first showed up in, like, the jacket with the lights on it and everything. So, yeah, I kind of felt like it was a weird hybrid of those two moments, which kind of both felt awkward at the time as well. So, it was okay. It's cool to see Ronda on, on TV, but I kind of would have preferred her to just fucking armbar someone or something for the hell of it. Absolutely. So a good pay-per-view overall and a good weekend. I want to make one mention of one thing uh, before we wrap up here. And that is uh, a match on Monday Night Raw uh, that was Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Uh, I don't know how much either of you have seen of this match, but I nearly saw a woman die on live television. Um, oh, there is I saw... A... Go on, Dave. Sorry. Uh, uh, there is about a 90 second to two minute period in this match where I was in I'm in my room on my own shrieking with horror as like and I've watched the replays so many times and as it turns out like they it was a lot less kind of life threatening than it looked just watching it, it at normal speed but um so Sasha goes to do her suicide dive um outside the ring to Asuka who the spot was she was supposed to like hit a high kick on her as she was on the way down and uh, we were as I think post wrestling said we were reminded as to why it was called a suicide dive because Sasha comes out and just as she's about to get struck by the kick her feet catch in the ropes she swings around smacks into the, uh, the kind of laser board on the side of the ring and then onto the top of her head and yeah. sprawls out on the floor and then once you once the ref kind of established that she hadn't died Asuka throws her back into the ring, does that kind of lift into the knee, catches her right on the bridge of the nose with the fucking knee, nearly yeah. kills her again. And then right after that, Asuka goes to do her flying hip attack. She gets low bridged by uh, Sasha and in one swift mo- movement, like without breaking stride, completely bails at an incredible speed out of the ring onto her own back. Um, what, what, did you see this, Barry? I watched this whole match, yeah. Um I I mean I agree with everything you said, but also it was a fucking great match. Yeah, it was. Um, I once once I realized everyone 
one was okay. I, it was like the best women's TV match I've seen in fucking ages. It was like a um, Taker yeah, Sean actually, match just... where Taker landed right on his head and everybody thought he was dead. But it weirdly, yeah. in the it, end, it actually was added. a lot like that. Yeah, it was like once once you realised he was alive, you were back into it being the best match ever. Yeah. What well, What did you think, Jack? I thought the match was brilliant, as Barry said. Um, that is not the worst spill from that spot I saw during that weekend. Because Pastor William Eva at the Progress show, it was pretty much exactly the same deal. Catches a foot on the top rope, and he manages to land perfectly on his face, while at the same time simultaneously dislocating two of his fingers and tearing the quad muscle off his leg. So... It could have been a hell of a lot worse for young Sasha than it ended up being. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, any final thoughts going around the table here on on Royal Rumble weekend or where we're possibly uh, set up going forward? Uh, I'll, I'll seeing see as Jack just talked, I'll shoot to you first, Barry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Sasha finally go full heel. I think that it might end up being her best year yet. Uh, obviously, she had the moment in the Rumble with Bailey, um, which. Uh, which was great. Her mannerisms there were fantastic. Oscar's obviously the big conquering baby face at the moment. Uh, they really, they really honed in on Sasha. You know, looking, looking up at the lights there after she lost. That was with, with a single tear rolling down her cheek as well. Yes, I think. Yeah, I think they're leading into it. That's her more natural disposition, anyway. It, she's not a natural baby face. I think I can understand why she was a face for so long because she's just so damn popular. But uh, as a character, I just don't find her especially likable. So between her Rumble performance and this match, I think if they're going full heel with her, I think that uh, I think she's a hell of a year ahead of um, And also, I mean, it, it's really starting to feel like 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 the, the women's stuff in WWE, it's not feeling as forced as it once did. Um, and I honestly think that they have more compelling matches on paper for the women now going into WrestleMania than they do the men. I hope they I hope they have a good number of them. That's that's what I'm really curious about. Um because uh, I think they have I think they have the depth to do it. Uh, let's say hypothetically Ronda does something with Stephanie because, you know, Stephanie can lose. Ronda should win her first big match. I don't think you want to put her in there with Alexa or Charlotte or or anything like that right away. So like I think they could do like Ronda Stephanie Oscar, Alexa, Becky, Charlotte, and Sasha Bailey. I think those are I think those are four strong, worthwhile matches. Um, doing you know at WrestleMania, if the card is going to be fucking nine hours long or whatever it's going to be this year, which it, it's it's increasingly growing, I, I think there's room for more matches with the women on there, not just two title matches, you know. Uh, as for the rest of WrestleMania, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really too sold on much of it. I think Brock and Roman, if it happens, will be great. Uh, Shinsuke and AJ is, of course, going to be great. I don't doubt that. And the rest of it, I don't know. They don't seem to have any big, big uh, male stars on the, uh, you know, unless unless there's a big Kurt Angle match on the horizon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't really have much of a read on 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 the rest of WrestleMania at the moment. Jack, final thoughts on the weekend. Uh, I would go along with the majority of what Barry said there. Um, I don't see them doing four women's matches on the show, though. I definitely think... No, I mean, no, I heard rumours so. that there's going to be potential for, like, a mixed tag of um, Triple H and Stephanie versus Ronda and someone. 
Um, there were rumours that that someone might be Big Dwayne, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think they'll probably just find someone else to fill that spot. Um, I quite like to see Sasha versus Bailey for a title, but then that would mean switching it at some point from either Charlotte or um, he's got the other title, Alexa. Alexa, and I don't don't see them doing that. Um, so who knows really in that quarter and yeah the title matches Brock versus Roman I think they finally put Roman over Brock people will hate it but AJ versus uh, Shinsuke will be fantastic and I'm really really looking forward to that match as for elsewhere it's difficult to say um, whether they can build up some feuds in the next couple of months they didn't really do a lot to pay off anything in the Rumble, I don't think. So it's tough to, to say where they're going to go with it and, and what they're going to do with the kind of the minor titles, as it were, like the uh, US and the Intercontinental. So yeah, it's 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 hard. And there's usually like a main like callback, isn't there, of like a big star that comes back from the past to to be a mania. And there's really not been an awful lot of buzz as to who that would be this year. Um, the only other amusing note I have about wrestling is, uh, you know that there's a, a, a live show in England this evening by a company called <laughs> Five Star Wrestling. Uh, I'm just looking on Twitter right now. The, the brilliance of it is, because this company is hideous and they've been an absolute train wreck from start to finish they're doing a show in an arena and it's completely empty and the name of the arena is the liverpool echo arena <laughs> okay on on that note on the fuck five star wrestling note i think that's as appropriate uh as any to to end the show uh thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the grab up thanks to barry and thanks to jack for being on again uh we probably won't speak again until around Wrestlemania time where I'm sure there'll be there'll be many dreaded takes leaning into like where he's at another nine hour show so uh, yeah look forward to that one coming down in a couple of months and uh, thanks for tuning to the grab up we'll, uh, we'll see you again soon